Welcome to the Basketball Update. I'm Adam Nazarelli. This is the update for Monday, December 7th, 2020. This week we're going to look at the Eastern Conference Central Division for 2021, but first we've got a few re-signings to talk about. Our biggest piece of news this week is a blockbuster trade. The Houston Rockets traded Russell Westbrook to the Washington Wizards for John Wall and a first-round pick. Before I get into this, I just want to mention a quote that Zach Lowe, I believe, posted on Twitter. So the quote is, The consequences of the Supermax in the NBA makes me sad. For the top five guys in the NBA, it's a no-brainer. But for guys who are in the 8 to 15 range, almost the moment it's signed, it becomes an albatross. Sad to see homegrown stars like Wall and Westbrook being shuffled like this. And I have to completely agree with Zach here. I mean, Russell Westbrook was the league MVP not only, what, two or three seasons ago. John Wall's unfortunately been plagued with injuries. He's missed two straight seasons. But these are guys who in their prime were, you know, Westbrook probably in his prime a top 10 player and, and John Wall top 10, top 15 player. And it's it's really sad to see them shuffle around like this. As for the actual consequences for the league, I think this is a really good trade for Washington. Westbrook will be you know, a stabilizer for their team. He's kind of never really fit in any team he's been. He has a very awkward skill set, but him, Bradley Beal, Davis Bertans, Rui Hachimura, I think they're going to be a really solid team and definitely a contender for this eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Houston, it's going to be a lot more up in the air. I think John Wall fits really well with James Harden, but we have to see, you know, how John Wall recovers from this injury because like I said he's missed two straight seasons of basketball I think he's a much better fit along James Harden but we have yet to see if he will play up to his previous potential and for those unaware of what the Supermax contract is it's officially known in the NBA as the designated veteran player extension and this rule allows teams to re-sign players to a maximum of five years worth up to 35% of the salary cap with an 8% escalation in each year. And what the connotations are for the 8 to 15 range that Zach Lowe is saying is it essentially handicaps the team. Because if you don't have a top five player in the league and you re-sign them to one of these extensions, essentially 35% of your cap has gone to one player and you have, you know, you need 15 more players on the team. So if they're not good enough to get you an NBA championship, you're essentially just completely handicapping your team. That's what a Supermax extension is for those unaware. Moving on, we have news with the Lakers. Anthony Davis re-signed with the Lakers for a five-year, $190 million max extension. And LeBron James re-signed with the Lakers for a two-year, $85 million extension. This puts their timelines closer together here. I believe Anthony Davis with this extension has a year or two longer than LeBron, but I think this is smart from the Lakers and definitely from Anthony Davis. There was some rumors Anthony Davis was going to sign a one-year with a one-year player option just so he could be eligible for that Supermax because he would have been... To qualify for the Supermax, you have to have seven years of service in the NBA, and I think he would have been one year short with that. But I think it was smart for him to do the five years just in case he get injured or anything. Not really much more to say with this for the Lakers, but it's, it's just good business and kind of common sense from both sides here. Now, moving on to the Central Division recap for the 2021 season. First of all, we have the Indiana Pacers, who will be starting a lineup of Malcolm Brogdon at point guard, Victor Aladipo at shooting guard, TJ Warren at small forward, DeMantis Sabonis at power forward, with Miles Turner as the center. 
This is a really intriguing lineup, I should say, for this upcoming season. It's really unfortunate, I should say, about how the Indiana Pacers kind of finished last season. Victor Aladipo was coming back from that injury, so he was never really the same in the playoffs and the bubble. We had TJ Warren, who was just a complete animal in the bubble, averaging something like 30 points a game. 50% from field goal, 50% from three-point range. Just a complete monster that we've never seen him perform like this before. So it was really great to see that. I, I want to see more of that from him this upcoming season. He had a couple 50-point games in the bubble, I believe. And then we had DeMantis Sabonis, who who missed the playoffs in the bubble. He got plantar fasciitis, I believe. And it, it just really handicapped them for that playoffs. Who they've lost and who they've acquired, they haven't... There's no one really that, like important. They've, they've lost a few players they've acquired a few players, but no one that's really going to increase their chances of anything. There was a sign-in trade with Boston that was rumored for Gordon Hayward that never really worked out. It's too bad it didn't work out. He would have fit really well in this lineup, but that's just how it goes sometimes. They're going to be having a bench of some guys you may know, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, Goga Bitadze. Not really the strongest bench, but I, I predict them to get go somewhere in that 5th to 8th seed range. They'll definitely make the playoffs, you know, barring any injuries. And they did make another acquisition, actually. They fired their head coach after the playoffs, Nate McMillan, and hired Nate Bjorkren. And, you know, as a Raptors fan, I'm really happy to see Nate get this opportunity. I think he'll do a really good job with this Indiana Pacers team, and I'm, I'm excited to see him on a team with potential to do well and, and potentially make a deep run in the playoffs. Moving on, we have the Chicago Bulls, and the theme for the Chicago Bulls going into this season, I believe, is just stability. You know, the lineup they're going to be putting out should be something like Thomas Sadoransky at point guard, Zach Levine at shooting guard, Otto Porter at small forward, Laurie Markkinen at power forward, Wendell Carter Jr. at center. And this is basically the identical lineup to last year's. You know, for those who are into fantasy basketball, they know Thomas Sadoransky is just such an underrated player. He does all the small things, rebounds, assists. You know, he's a good free throw shooter. Otto Porter was a trade they made last year, and he should be a really good addition to the team. You know, kind of with half a season under his belt, he, he's known for that three-point shooter and that defense. Laurie Markkinen had a disappointing season, I want to say, last year. You know, from reading Chicago Bulls fans on forums, you know, Jim Boylan did a really poor job of utilizing Laurie Markkinen's skill set, and that's why he had sort of a pretty bad year. This year, I think he should do a lot better, hopefully. Some notable players on their bench will be Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and Garrett Temple. Hopefully, we can see uh, a progression from Kobe White this year. Really, their only notable loss is Chris Dunn, and you know, he never really got it together. He was known as one of the best defensive guards in the league, but you know, you need to have offense and defense in this league he signed with the Atlanta Hawks so we'll see if he can do anything on that team but I think it was kind of the end of an era for him at Chicago and their notable acquisitions are some of their bench guys Patrick Williams Garrett Temple Garrett Temple did really well on the Brooklyn Nets last year he really came into himself in the playoffs I think and I think that that's why he got a nice contract here with Chicago it's a good signing um, it's not a super expensive contract for them and then Patrick Williams, who they selected with the fourth overall pick. To be honest, I don't know much about the guy. I know he was a bit of a reach at that fourth pick. People were saying he was going in the eighth to tenth range. But if uh, the front office thought he was that good, sometimes it's always good to go for a reach. And then the Chicago Bulls also have a new head coach this year, replacing Jim Boylan with Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan, you know, he's been kind of disliked, I should say, in his last position at the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, I think 
he probably did not as well as he should have, but he did develop a lot of good players. And, and with what he was given, I think especially with last year's team with Shy Gilgis Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, Chris Paul, no one really expected anything out of that team. And he still did a good job. I'm excited to see him on the Chicago Bulls this year. I think he will do a good job developing his players. And I think this was probably the best outcome Chicago Bulls fans could have expected. They won't make the playoffs, essentially. I mean, there's no point arguing or even speculating how they'll do, but this team's not good enough for the playoffs. But small increments getting better is what we like to see. All right, moving on to the Detroit Pistons, who, in my opinion, had a complete disaster of an offseason. Their starting lineup should be Killian Hayes at point guard, Wayne Ellington at shooting guard, Jeremy Grant at small forward, Blake Griffin at power forward, and Mason Plumley at center. To be honest with you guys, it's so hard to predict what lineup they're putting up here. I mean, I spent probably 10 minutes thinking, you know, where does wh- who are they going to play at what position? It's just such an awkwardly built team, and they've just handed out some of the dumbest contracts of this offseason. Their bench will be Derek Rose, Seku Dumbuya, DeLon Wright. That's a pretty solid bench, to be honest. But if you look at who they lost and who they acquired this season, I think it's a net negative. So they've lost Christian Wood, Luke Kennard, and Tony Snell. Christian Wood is just completely baffling how they lost him. I mean, he was doing so well last season. He signed a completely reasonable contract with Houston. There's no way they shouldn't have been able to re-sign this guy. Luke Kennard was one of their bright spots last year, and they traded him to the Clippers for some reason. I don't I'm not even sure what they got. They got like a first-round pick or something, but like Luke Kennard was one of their bright spots last season. And then Tony Snell, they lost as well, who they've acquired. Uh, Jeremy Grant, who they've overpaid. $60 million spread across three years. Mason Plumley at this point, who, let's be honest, NBA fans, he's more closely related to a bank robber than an NBA player at this point. I have no idea how this man keeps getting NBA contracts. And then Wayne Ellington, who, you know, they got him really cheap. Uh, I think his values dropped a lot in this league, but I feel I think he has a lot to offer. And then they're keeping the same head coach with Dwayne Casey, who, you know, he was he was known for that stabilizing figure in the Raptors organization who kind of got all his players to buy in. But with so much instability around the front office, he's had a lot of issues. You have so many guys on different timelines here. Blake Griffin's been in the league, you know, 10 years. He wants to compete for a championship. And then you have like young guys like Killian Hayes and Seku Dumbuya who are, you know, trying to get grips with the league. Derek Rose wants to compete. It's just such an awkwardly built team. I don't know what to say, but this is going to be a really bad team for this upcoming season. I'm sorry, Pistons fans, but you're probably aware if you've uh, if you've been following the team. All right, moving on, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers, who will be starting Colin Sexton at point guard, Darius Garland at shooting guard, C.D. Osman at small forward, Kevin Love at power forward, and Andre Drummond at center. Their starting lineup, I mean, it's a bad team again. Comparing to their divisional counterpart in Detroit, at the very least, this front office hasn't made any bad contracts. And that's what you're supposed to, like, I mean, I don't know, like, is that not common sense? If you're a bad team, don't make desperation moves and sign average players to big contracts. Like, just sign cheap players and hope they overperform. Like, I don't know. I'm talking too much about Detroit, man. I'm just heated about, you know, their moves, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, this is an awkward team. I think we can expect Colin Sexton to have a better year. He had a, he had a really good sophomore year last year. 
Darius Garland, I believe, I want to say he missed a lot of time last year because I don't remember what was going on. Let me just check this quickly. Oh, never mind. He played 60 games last year. All right. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of just average, but, you know, he'll probably have a better year this year. C.D. Osmond, you know, he's been in the league for a while. Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, we kind of know what to expect out of those guys. Andre Drummond, I think, will feast this year. He'll have a really good year just because he's on his contract year, so we need, he needs to do well. Some of their bench players are going to be Dante Exum. Isaac Okoro, Kevin Porter Jr., Larry Nance Jr. They lost Tristan Thompson, unfortunately, but, you know, they're they're a super forward-heavy team. So, I mean, he really has no value on them. Who they've acquired are Isaac Okoro, JaVale McGee, Thon Maker, Kevin Porter Jr. Isaac Okoro and Kevin Porter Jr. are two of the first-round picks they got this year. I really have no knowledge of them or their playing ability, but, you know, just... Hopefully they play them a lot and have another year of experience for the young guys. And their head coach this year is J.B. Bickerstaff, who was hired right around the bubble last year, I believe. So, or maybe a few months before the bubble, but yeah, he's on a multi-year contract. So we'll see what this Cleveland Cavaliers team can do. They're still going to be a bad team, by the way. Moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks, we're going to have Drew Holiday starting at point guard, Dante DiVincenzo at shooting guard. Chris Middleton at small forward, Giannis Antetokounmpo at power forward, and Brooke Lopez at center. This is a really good team. I think this is probably going to be the number one team in the Eastern Conference and probably the number one team in wins in the regular season in the whole league. I mean, Drew Holiday is a massive addition to this team, who we know we got traded earlier in November. You know, that third all-star level player is really what this Milwaukee Bucks team needed. You know, shooting guard Dante DiVincenzo, it's really too bad that that Bojan Bogdanovic deal didn't go through. For those unaware, essentially what happened was minor league tampering where presumably Bojan Bogdanovic and Milwaukee had discussions before free agency opened. And then Bojan Bogdanovic got cold feet. He didn't want his contract to be nullified with Milwaukee, so he signed with Atlanta. He didn't sign with Milwaukee. That's all that matters. Which is too bad because he would have perfectly fit in that shooting guard spot. But moving on. So we have Chris Middleton, like I said, Giannis, Brooke Lopez. I mean, we already know what to expect from those guys. Solid players all around. Their bench will consist of some players like DJ Augustine, Bryn Forbes, Pat Connaughton. And who they've lost is Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, Wesley Matthews, Urson Ilyasova. It's too bad. You know, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill are just casualties of the Drew Holiday trade, so just forget about them. You know, not much to be said anyways. Eric Bledsoe was horrific in last year's playoffs. George Hill is an older player. He's not going to get much playing time anyways. Wesley Matthews signed with the Lakers in free agency. Really too bad. I think they could have done, you know, put in more effort to re-sign him. Keeping him would have been great. And then they waived Ursan Il- Ilyasova for Bojan Bogdanovic, which is too bad. Their main players they acquired were Drew Holiday, of course. We know what to expect from him. One of the best defensive guards in the league. Great passer. You know, he's going to have a lot of lobs to Giannis. DJ Augustine and Bryn Forbes are pretty much meh signings. Bryn Forbes from the San Antonio Spurs. DJ Augustine from Orlando Magic. I really don't have much to say about these guys. I mean, they're just kind of more bodies on the team. If Drew Holiday or Dante DiVincenzo go down or just kind of those more garbage time minutes as as we call in the league. And their head coach is Mike Budenholzer again. And I know a lot of Milwaukee Bucks fans were kind of calling for his head after a bad playoffs last year. But I think it'll hopefully be a really good learning experience for not only him, but the team as well. 
you know, Milwaukee was just not the same coming into last year's bubble. I don't know what happened. You know, no one played basketball for three months. They were all mentally in Hawaii. But that team was just not the same from the regular season. I have no idea. They just could not click in the eight bubble regular season games or the playoffs. So I'm willing to give Mike a second chance here. So that's all the news for this week, guys. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Nazarelli. You can find the show notes at tbu.ffmi.ca. Look forward to our next episode on Monday, December 14th. Thanks for listening.